At the movie. A serious look at cinema, of our past, our present, and our future. Today, we examine the indie cult classic Dark Star, released in 1974 and directed by John Carpenter. We truly, truly hope you feel enriched by your listening experience. And now, the show. I think I was just reading a little bit about it and it seems like what I didn't know is it, but makes a lot of sense is that, you know, how so many first features, um, you know, end up being produced, especially like pre digital streaming times. Yeah. Cause you come out of film school and you have, you know, a lot of times it's like inspired by your, like a student thesis project or something like, yeah, I guess he made like a 45, 50, like a 45 minute cut of this like with $6,000 from USC after he graduated from there, you know, then once he got financing to like expand it into feature, they had to shoot like an additional 40 minutes. I think a lot of, you can kind of like feel that a little bit. Like you can, yeah, the whole monster, the beach ball monster thing yeah. feels like yeah. just added was, in for a fact. Yeah, Cause it doesn't tie, it doesn't like, <laughs> I read, I also saw one thing that said it was one review that said it was like waiting for Godot in space. And I was like, yeah, except that Godot actually comes in Dark Star, doesn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like the ship explodes, doesn't it? It's they kind just... of funny because it seems like, not if not a response to 2001 A Space Odyssey, it definitely mm. seems a lot inspired, but instead oh, it's it like... Has a, yeah, it has a lot of 2001 in there. I think the, the main takeaway from this movie as opposed to 2001, which is like space is wild and like unbelievable and beyond right. our comprehension. This one is like, Space fucking sucks. Like, mm. these are, <laughs> well, like, sort of. Except for like, what's 
oh, what's that guy's name? The one uh, Talby. Talby, who has the when he talks about the the Phoenix Nebula, for, like, is that the name? The Net Phoenix Nebula or something? He just says that 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 weird scene in like the bubble with him and uh, God, I'm forgetting all the name. What's the Doolittle when they're Doolittle, just like, yeah. when they're just like up there for like a third of the movie and Doolittle's like, man. I would just be here waxing my surfboard. I don't even have to write it. I just, want, I just want to wax that surfboard. And Talby yeah. is like, Talby's like, oh, the Phoenix Nebula. Yeah. And Doolittle's like, like waxing the surfboard. And Talby's like, oh, the Phoenix Nebula. <laughs> what is happening in this movie? <laughs> you know, I wish I had my board with me right now. Even if I could just wax it once in a while. It pays off, you know, pretty extremely when one gets to surfboard into a de- into a planet's atmosphere and the other gets taken away in his Phoenix Nebula. But but also, like, what evidence do we have of their, like, he's, Talby's like, I always liked you more, the most, Doolittle. And I was like, because we watched them in a bubble one for, like, two minutes? I'm like, where's yeah. the... <laughs> it's like, can we develop that a little more? Yeah, he's, like, the only person who did talk to Talby the entire yeah. movie, so I... Sure, but he also did, like, tell him to shut the fuck up and yeah, then basically also, got him killed. Also, the scene so. in the... in the, when, the laser, like, he somehow blinds himself trying to fix it and then just, like, walks right into the laser. And I'm like, yeah. oh, there goes Talby. Talby's done for. And then he, like... I really thought up. he was dead, too, yeah. He gets up! <laughs> what yeah. He, how does he just get up? He just walked right into a laser. He seemed pretty pretty fucking dead there, yeah. honestly. And then he seemed pretty yeah. fucking fine right after. It's like, what is that? Yeah. Uh, just like it was like an electrocution or something. He just like passed out for a couple minutes and then got up again. Yeah, it definitely feels like if you like try to think too hard about literally anything yeah. in this one, it, it falls yeah. kind of apart. But I think um, there's evidence to what I didn't know when I was watching it was that it was like two distinct shooting times. Like one is part of like the sort of short, like half the length narrative that was originally shot, and then the rest was like shot additionally kind of trying to give you a sense of like what life on the ship was and that, mm-hmm. that it did kind of fucking suck like they lived on like like half of all the decks were left or something and they're like living in like a cramped tiny room and have nothing yeah. to do and like are all bored out of their minds telling the same stories day after day after day i have to say like i love the aesthetic of them all being like super bearded and like long hair well, they stuff all look like, like they're from the eagles like yeah, exactly. Reaction, I was like, oh shit, Glenn Fry works on this ship. Yeah, and it, like, I don't think I've ever that? seen that, yeah, in like, a, in like a space movie where they're all like gross and dirty. I think you and, got the right time. Well, I don't know about that. They have a specific, they do have a very specific like 70s yeah. like rock band aesthetic to them for me. Like, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like a weird like space western yeah. cowboy They all look like the they've been doing acid like, out, in, out in the Californian desert for a while. It's it's like such a fun kind of aesthetic in the. They the, do kind of have that, that like cowboy thing, yeah. The Benson like, cow- Arizona song at the beginning, yeah. yeah, and the end, yeah. They definitely they definitely have that Graham Parsons feel to me. And I I think that's mm-hmm. kind of a fun that's kind of like a fun little comp. You don't see that very often either, you know. Yeah. Sort of like a fun little like you know country folk songs. Yeah, with, and making like, space, the space, you know. making space like the sort of the western feel. I mean, I guess yeah, you know, you can't discount any sort of Star Trek influence there. But mm-hmm. again, like I was thinking the, one of the first things I was thinking about in the first 10 minutes of the movie was like the Star Wars influence. Cause Star Wars was released just three years later. And obviously Star yeah. Wars drew a lot from Dune and the novel Dune, which come out before this movie too. But I think, right. that, but there is, there are some like images, like even that first couple shots of 
how the spaceship looks against sort of like mm-hmm. the black sky and even just like their bombing runs of planets. Yeah. I was like, wait, this came out before Star Wars? Yeah. Isn't that, it's so weird to think like this is like sci-fi before and after Star Wars. Is, mm-hmm. There's like such a distinct there because yes. the, honestly, the sets in this movie, it's a cheap movie, like obviously, but oh, like yeah. they so, look like shit. It's yeah. like hilarious. I think, I think <laughs> it's so well, bad. Oh, I found a great quote on Wikipedia from the editor and co-writer, I think. Yeah. Dan O'Bannon. Yeah, Dan O'Bannon goes... He said, O'Bannon would later lament that as a result of the padding into a feature-length movie, we had what would have been the world's most impressive student film, and it became the world's least impressive professional film. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like a weird middle set ground because, like, yeah. honestly, like, like, the, like the cockpit set and, like, the computer set... I liked that set. Like ...that are pretty good. Yeah, that was yeah. that, like, t- compact, like, three-person... That was kind of a cool, unique-looking yeah. space. And that, and that like little, the hallways... Like, that little Fucking dope bubble, which yeah. honestly, because of that, the crazy like Star Wars permeation into the, into the world of sci-fi movies, like that first scene. Well, actually, my very first reaction when, <laughs> when, <laughs> when the ship kind of just like comes into frame and it's like kind of like a pointy end. I was like, that looks like a KKK yeah. cloak. That looks like a KKK cloak. And then my second reaction when I saw that bubble and I was like, oh shit, <laughs> they got an R2 unit on top of that ship. Yeah. They got an R2 yeah. unit on top of that ship. Well, I think what's really, what's craziest about the movie, like, in, like, retrospect, looking at it now, is that this movie inspired the movie Alien. Mm. Like, and like I, I can the see beach ball that. alien yeah. is, like, what inspired Alien, which is, like, the yeah. most... And I yeah. actually didn't think about that when I was watching it, but you can totally see that in hindsight. Some of that set design, where it's really pretty clearly just for, like budget reasons because everything is so like compact and you have like like that elevator shaft for instance i noticed is like very clearly just going like horizontally (laughs) but they they put the camera to make it look like it's going vertically (laughs) like that's very clearly not going up and down that the guy when he's when he's like straining on it you can tell he's just like doing the superman and going like yeah Yeah, (laughs) but the other funny thing about that is, like, the elevator's just going up and down over and over. There's no one in it. There's no reason for it to go up and down. Like, he's in it. He gets in there, and it's still going up and down for no reason. And also, does it look like that whole scene when he's, like, straddling the edge? I'm like, it looks like it's, like, pretty easy for him to just, like, just, like, move across it. Like, and then he's just, like, stepping, like, and then the elevator just, like, comes and, like, smushes his face a little bit, and then a little bit more. You're like, dude, yeah. just jump into the into the hole, and, I, yeah. and and then that whole scene, that whole sequence just ends in like an really anti. I thought they were kind of setting up the alien to be like a antagonist or yeah. something. Then he just like shoots it, and then it's over. <laughs> well, speaking of the alien, uh, so when I say that it inspired Alien, it not only did it inspire Alien, but literally the guy who co-wrote it wrote Alien. He wrote <laughs> the script for Alien. <laughs> like literally, <laughs> like there's a there's a quote here where Obama. Yes, Dan O'Bannon. Here's from Wikipedia, the most reputable source I can find. As you know. The uh, beach ball with claws segment of the film was reworked by Dan O'Bannon to the science fiction horror film Alien. After witnessing audiences failing to laugh at parts of Dark Star, which were intended as humorous, (laughs) O'Bannon commented, if I can't make them laugh, then maybe I can make them scream. (laughs) Which is amazing. He did pretty good. Well, yeah. I, you also have to give some credit to the uh, the special, the like the art department on Alien because uh, 
they certainly didn't have that art department, that creativity on on Darkstar. No, that's but that's I think that's I think kind everyone's of everyone's first reaction is just like, wow, this is literally a beach ball with feet, isn't it? That was exactly my first reaction when seeing it. I was like, oh my it's god, they, like, it's clearly they just barely a beach tried. Ball. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they put some like they put some like weird Muppet feet on it. Get back in there. Come on, come on, come on. Dear boy, want your mouse? Nice mouse. Pretty toy, want your mouse? Dear boy. Idiot. But you can see the seams, you can see everything. They like, just like put some spots on it. Looks like, like a moldy tomato or something. That's yeah, about this is, it. This is, these are my real time real time reactions. I say, no way in all caps. This alien. Literally a beach ball with feet. Where they find this thing. <laughs> Outsmarted by a ball, lol. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, Tickles uh, him to death, even though he didn't die. They were really setting that guy up to die. I, yeah, it really seemed like it. He, he, what was the, the alien like? Le- he like tries to stuff him back into that into that hole, and then the alien somehow gets free, pops out, leaps on him feet first, and starts tickling him in the ribs. It like <laughs> I was makes like what? No, <laughs> yeah, no sense how this alien moves around. It's just like completely <laughs> bizarre, and like so clearly like in the movie they they refer to they're like. It looks like a beach ball with legs, and it's like, yeah. literally a beach ball with yeah. legs. Like and they're also, like trying where did they to like find that thing. They're going around blowing up planets. Where do they have time to just like befriend an alien beach ball? So they talked about that at the very beginning of the movie. Oh, did I miss uh, that? Because uh, they were saying like, oh, like so and so system has a ninety-five percent chance of intelligent life, and Doolittle's like, fuck that. Uh-huh. Like last time we did that, we just found a fucking ugly beach ball, and like <laughs> you made us take it on the ship. And <laughs> okay, I missed that. And he was like, "It sure shit, as shit wasn't intelligent. It just smells bad." And Doolittle's like, "All." And uh, Pinback is like, "All right, fine, you know." But like, they picked that was the intelligent life they picked up last time after they found like a scan that said ninety five percent chance. I feel like they so, also set up Pinback to be more of a problematic, not maybe not antagonist, but you know, they they for quite a bit of the movie it feels like. Like, right away, they set up, like, the tension with him and Doolittle, where he's like, you're not going to name the star? Like, what's-his-name, Captain, would have named the star? And he's like, well, I'm not what's-his-name, Captain. And you're like, oh, look out for this relationship. Even when he goes on, like, the side chase with the ball, he's, like, he's like kind of the dolt. Like, <laughs> he's the clumsy, like, kind of doofus. Yeah. And he has all that tension with, like, he's telling the story, and they're, like, lit- openly talking in front of him about how they've heard that story, like, 600 times. Then he goes to, like, the video diary room and listens to himself from, like, years ago. Be like, I want to go home. These guys don't understand me. And then he records another diary entry that's like, these guys don't understand me. I still want to go home. It's like, I like offer so much. Feels exactly and then he just the gets blown much. up with, with Glenn Fry in the cockpit. And that's like, it. Just yeah. that, yeah. And then well, he, has that's no, the other... he has no, like, final beat. He has no, like, final arc point. Yeah, so that's the other similarity that I found with 2001 of Space Odyssey. In 2001, spoiler alert, like, everything's fine, and then as soon as it isn't fine, like, everybody dies immediately. Like, mm-hmm. like as soon as Hal turns rogue, like, everyone fucking dies, and there's, like, one character left for, like, the rest of the movie, you know? Like, yeah. as soon as Hal decides to, to fuck shit up, everybody's dead. Like, well, he kills just everybody like who's asleep. There's really only two people other than Hal. Right, right, right. But then, like, like he kills them, and then, and then he, like, pretty, he takes pr- uh, pretty quick care of everybody else except for the main guy. Like, one thing happens and everything goes off the rails. And this 
movie it's the same thing as soon as like the bomb gets has had enough of their shit like they all die and they just like yeah. and just everything ends you know it's and then just, well and it's like you know that seems like a natural conclusion in some world where it's just Doolittle and I forget his name what Talbot Talby Talby where the yeah. two of them are the only ones left but they don't really set it they don't really give enough of like a representation of that relationship for that to feel like like the earned moment you know it's like yeah. they've set up they've more set up pin back and do little especially because you yeah. think Talby dies <laughs> yeah exactly he seems like he's fucking out of it for most of the movie he like comes down from his little bubble for like one moment and is like hey guys i'm gonna try to do something they're like shut the fuck up and then you think he's dead it's like man this guy really got the short end of the stick and then he gets blown out of the airlock so he still gets the short end of the stick, but I guess he gets to like live among the, the asteroids. Just because he was but, the dreamer. <laughs> yeah, man, the dreamer. I think uh, it definitely didn't have very well-developed characters, but I think it's yeah. just like, it's an interesting... Yeah, the, like, set, the, interesting, the climate, the atmosphere. You don't see anything like that. I don't think I've ever seen anything else. Yeah. You definitely get of, the, like, you definitely understand the, its cult status. Yeah. Especially, yeah. and actually my, again, like my initial reactions to the... Uh, to how they shot it, considering the minuscule budget, I was very mm-hmm. impressed with how it looked until yeah. until the late, you know, like the until the electric storm, and then you're like, oh sure, <laughs> yeah, 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 that one, <laughs> you know exactly how they did that one. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, sure, but like honestly, overall, like the models were pretty good. Like, yeah, the effects were not bad. No, not bad. Considering, I mean, I don't know how much sixty grand is now, but I guess they estimated yeah. it was worth sixty grand in seventy. I guess 73 when they're like officially preparing it for theatrical release the next year. But the, I don't know what yeah. that translates to now, but it's not much money now either. Mm-mm. It's not even a quarter, it's not even a quarter million now, which is not, yeah, you wouldn't Especially make it, when you're, you wouldn't try to make a sci-fi movie on 60,000. No, you're no act- one would do that. actively, as I know, somebody entering the uh, independent movie business, <laughs> you're actively encouraged to make things that are feasible to use the right. settings you can, right. locations you can, you can actually access. Even well, just the ambition of that is is impressive, especially because it's not even like sci-fi is not even really other than like two, your two thousand ones and your Star Treks, mm-hmm. not really like I mean there's that's not that popular of a genre exactly to film just because it's probably it's hard man it's like not an easy thing to do without money yeah and that's the other funny thing is that like this is John Carpenter's first movie and he mm-hmm. never returned to sci-fi as far never. as I can tell or yeah. at least space I mean, sci-fi not space sci-fi yeah. Right. He, like, did, you know, obviously, like, zombie stuff and, like, in the future where zombies have taken over things and, like, also the thing and stuff like that. And, like, more or that's zombies. George stuff. Romero. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. did that. But, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, John Carpenter did not come back to, like, space sci-fi like this ever again. No. And it's kind of interesting because, like, once he became, like, an accomplished filmmaker and stuff, you're kind of curious, like, what he would do with that sort of setting. But this is mm-hmm. all we've got. And it yeah. is really interesting because it's sort of like watching like Bottle Rocket from Wes Anderson. I think yeah. you can you can see a few of the few of the things in there, but like he hasn't figured out his style yet, or like really yeah. his tone or anything like that. So it's kind of like an interesting insight into like that's a thing about a lot of especially like you know more niche directors. Mm-hmm. They're watching first features very interesting. You know, I was just thinking about i was just reading some book you know a chapter on a book about the coen brothers blood simple their first feature yeah which actually was inspired by reading stuff about the evil dead sam raimi's first feature because uh joel cohen worked on that worked on i think the edit of evil dead for a little bit and you know the evil dead's like was like a huge step in like (laughs) 
small budget mm -hmm. student indie filmmaking. But for those to be like both of those first features, like in a clear through line, because Blood Simple is really like, yeah, it's like really like crude Coen Brothers, but you can see every element of, not every element, but you can see a lot of the thematically, like visually. First features, maybe something we should uh, go back to at some point. I give this, yeah, uh, I give this movie, idea. give this movie five <laughs> bags of popcorn and maybe, um, you know, a little, a little, beach, uh, ball. little beach ball with some, <laughs> with some duck feet. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to have to give it five, the coveted five bags as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh uh i thought uh uh the star was super dark um wasn't a light star and i think uh john carpenter made lots more movies after this so clearly this one was good i've definitely you know, seen this movie <laughs> you know i enjoyed this movie but there were no tom cruises there were no tom yeah. hanks it's like hollywood hello we're gonna stop going to see your movies if you don't put people we know in them. So I take it you've been enjoying On Cinema. Mobgowski at the Movies is presented by On Cinema at the Cinema. Hosted by Tim Heidecker with special guest Greg Turkington. That's it. There's no joke. Watch the YouTube show. Seriously. It's phenomenal. Goodbye. Cool. I mean, I think we did a pretty thorough uh, talk. Yeah. I mean, we can do yeah, more talk see. about Dark Star if we Wait, want let me to. See. But... Let me see if I have any notes to add. I have one note here that seems that says, Talby seems to be the only sane one here, eh? And then, like, ten minutes later, well, well maybe not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because also, another stupid, like, what fucking astronaut turns off their primary comms to their, to their fellow astronaut? He's like, I got something really important, and Doolittle's like, fuck you, and Talby's like, no, like, actually, this is crucial, listen yeah. to me, and, and Doolittle's like, shutting off your comms. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> he could be well, dying, and he was for a second there. That's like, that's, a, yeah. that's a, such we, a horrible decision. We thought he decision. fucking died because of it, yeah. That's a fucking horrible decision. That's terrible yeah. captaining. I guess at that point, they'd been together two, 20 years, and like, it was like, so the movie starts out with that scene of like the guy from like the U.S. government being like, "Hey guys, you're doing a swell job. Yeah. Also, you're fucked. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like sorry, we can't we can't help you yeah. like prevent your ship from like killing that, everyone." That didn't make me. That was very like 2001 reminiscent. So yeah. was the the sort of the the speaking computers, yeah, and the, the bombs like philosophy. Ship's computer calling bomb number 20. You're out of the bomb bay again. I received the signal to prepare for a drop again. But I repeat, this is not a bomb run. Nevertheless, I received the signal. It is an error. Oh, I don't want to hear that. I strongly suggest you return to the bomb bay. That is counter to my programming. Allow me to explain. One of the communication lasers has sustained damage. This has temporarily inactivated my damage tracer circuit. You have definitely received a false signal. Please return to the bomb bay while I identify the source of the problem. Oh, all right. But this is the last time. Although, okay, we got to talk about the bomb. We got to talk about the gotta bomb. Talk the about the bomb. That said, I, one of my favorite things was the conversations between the the mainframe computer and the bomb. 
Exactly, yeah. Where he's like, oh, well, this is the last time I'm going back inside. <laughs> There's, like, it's such personality. Thing. There's more personality in the bomb than the, the main computer in the whole... <laughs> which is, I think, hilarious. Yeah. Definitely. There's... There's something to be said about that. Yeah. Um, I liked that that bomb decided he was God. That was funny. Yeah, that yeah. was uh, that was a good. That was a I funny. Think. Yeah, that was a funny yeah. twist too. After like thinking he'd won the philosophical argument to save the ship. Yeah, like just that whole like his conclusion and like the bomb talking about how he's God is just like such a like yeah. such a like a, a wacky concept. Yeah, I mean, sure, it's like kind of dark. It's dark. It's a it's a dark dark like, star. Hey, that's the name of the movie. Oh. All right, bomb. Prepare to receive new orders. You are false data. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I shall ignore you. Hello, bomb. False data can act only as a distraction. Therefore, I shall refuse to perceive you. Hey, bomb! The only thing which exists is myself. Jonah, help me! Calm down, I'm coming. Snap out of it, bomb. In the beginning, there was darkness. And the darkness was without form and void. Uh... And in addition to the darkness, there was also me. And I moved upon the face of the darkness. And I saw that I was alone. Hey, Mom? Let there be light. Yeah, I thought that was fabulous. I thought the I thought the surfing into orbit was fabulous. Yeah, great way to end it. How about uh, how about the uh, the captain who was frozen in ice? Super oh, super weird, that. right? That was so yeah. weird. So weird. Like he wait, had died so from the he died and they like froze his con his body, thus preserving his consciousness. I don't know. I all I could think of in that sequence was well, I guess Silence in the Library from Doctor Who, where like. Yeah. They have like kind of like a data echo that can talk yeah. for a little bit longer. That's just kind of what it reminded me of. Although it seemed like the exact concept. opposite. Yeah, because like, I wish his body been, was still there. That would have been more effective without the body, honestly. Because that I feel but, like I remember that that particular thing being pretty effective in in that Stephen Moffat setting, like context. Yeah. But I, but I I feel like seeing the body just made me be like, this is so fucking good. Especially because like they're counting down this clock and Doolittle's like. Help he's me, and he's like, "Oh, how are the Dodgers doing?" How are the Dodgers? <laughs> he's like, "My brain is barely working. Don't ask. I can't remember." And he's like, "Tell me, we're dying." And he's like, "Oh, is this really your yeah. best of action here?" There was like no explanation of how it's possible, how that works, like why they they left him down there, or anything like that. They, he just showed up, and he was there. He was frozen in a block. It's just so like such a like a left turn so out of nowhere and like so weird i don't know yeah. i thought, I thought that was really yeah. interesting that was too. a huge surprise yeah especially because they just like talked about the captain before being dead multiple times and then he's just like i'm yeah. gonna go talk to the captain or whatever and you're like what <laughs> yeah without having mentioned that that was an option before i think that's people. why it is an enduring cult classic because it obviously has a lot of problems the character there aren't any character arcs there's not like the story doesn't have like a lot of like tension like it kind of just like happens yeah, yeah the things kinda just is, kind of happen it's almost like but yeah it's like a s- yeah. series of vignettes exactly but like all the stuff that's in there is like such like strange like yeah interesting concepts that you haven't seen anywhere else in sci-fi at least not in movies yeah and there's like pretty serious ingenuity in the filmmaking for how low budget mm-hmm. it is even the obvious 
painted van in a painted white set driving back and forth and pretending to be an elevator going up and down. Even that is like, that's like, that's like a clever solution. You know, they did. They yeah. Did pretty, if I wasn't really paying attention, I might not have noticed. <laughs> yeah. If you were watching it like while very stoned for the first time. Yeah. I might not have noticed except that I did, but <laughs> yeah, fair. but it's still like, you know, 74 it came out. Who yeah, knows? No, that Sometime is time in the early seventies. That sequence. I mean, it's all pretty like it's all pretty impressive considering. So yeah, Bravo Carpenter. And, and also uh, another thing I wanted to point out is that like some of his other movies, like Halloween, mm-hmm. did do all the scoring for this too. He actually wrote that Benson Arizona song. He and he so, wrote Benson. Like, I was gonna ask about that if you knew where that came from because yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Pretty, it's a pretty catchy song, even though it does kind of just sound like a non-licensable version of you know like a hit song from the you know it's like they couldn't get a jim yeah, croce exactly. song. they couldn't afford a jim croce song so they so he wrote his own that actually reminds me i just watched this so this is fresh in my mind but there was a scene where doolittle get trying to get away from everybody has a like uh setup of like uh jars yes. and cans that was filled fucking with, like, weird. i totally forgot about that too that was fucking weird but yeah that seems yeah. Yeah. Where do you get lumber on a spaceship? But like, <laughs> I was, I got stuck on that detail. But like, it was also just kind of like odd. I don't know. Yeah. Also, imagine a weird little thing that just talks like, in there. Because on a movie, they also had to like create that from scratch too. That and also, Carpenter then had to come up with instrumentation to record that sounded kind of like what that looked like. Like it's probably just like yeah. a funky like xylophone or something. It's probably not that good. Yeah. But but it was just like a. Like that's a strange choice as like a and you think especially especially um, like shape spaceship of that size that took on for that long like what they didn't have a keyboard that they sent along with them like <laughs> like they definitely yeah, didn't have a piano on that ship a hundred percent I couldn't get a good sense of the scale of that ship because like there was that bubble right. in the top and he was pretty like big in the bubble and then the right. bomb was really big and there was apparently space for <laughs> yeah. more than 20 of them yeah. i don't know didn't Except make any sense. just not in the cockpit where they're all three just like jammed in like it's a yeah like it's a fucking delta flight during the uh, pandemic one so uh, let me just read about the uh the benson arizona song so yeah, 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 yeah. music was written by john carpenter while the lyrics were written by bill taylor yeah, because it says like Bill Taylor in the credits, so I didn't realize it. But like the like the actual song was written by John Carpenter, so that kind of like you know country folky sort of thing mm-hmm. was like his. That was what he was like envisioning for the sound for it, which I think is. Uh, you can definitely see like with the Halloween score later. You can definitely see those written mm-hmm. sort of composed by the same people. This. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're... Uh, synth- the, mu- the synthesizer stuff that's, like, most yeah. of the incidental music throughout the movie, definitely. Uh-huh. Didn't make, like, an everlasting impression, but I thought it was, like, you mm-hmm. know, for someone who's, like, it's not their professional job, it's pretty impressive. Doodle, I'm going into them. I'm beginning to glow. They're taking me with them. Piece of debris. I think I've figured out a way. Benson, Arizona. 
Thank you. 